Welcome to the podcast. Uh, glad to have folks on. Just a reminder, we're always talking about things that relate to uh, private practitioners, people who are uh, in the business of serving patients and all the challenges that go with that. If it's the staffing to the figuring out where you're going to how you're going to treat them and where you're going to treat them and designing the experience. And so as you guys know, we have lots of different doctors, different types of doctors that we work with. And uh, so we've been doing a little series. I had asked some clients if they would like to participate and they are generously given of their time. So uh, I have today, uh, RJ Crawford, Dr. Crawford, thanks for taking some time to be with us. Of course, glad to be here. So, um, you know, we'll go into a little bit of your history, but, uh, you know, kind of and then if it's okay, I, you know, I think the big thing we want to try to help people with today is to, you know, if we can share some of your story, they'll see some parallel paths and then really talk about how, you know, you embarked on this, uh, you know, desire to really grow your business. And uh, Dr. Crawford uh, has a, uh, what do you, is it five now? You have five practices? Yeah, five chiropractic offices, yep. Five chiropractic offices. So uh, I was thinking you you change rapidly. So I never know if there's going to be another one in there. So <laughs> um, so let's let's go back and let's talk a little bit about your journey to um, become a chiropractor. So can you take me back and talk a little bit about what uh, you grew up in Ohio, right? Yeah, born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, my experience with chiropractic was at the age of two. My dad had been going. Uh, for most of his adult life, he had a back injury. Um, I decided to jump off the bed and, and hurt myself, broke my leg. And so my first introduction to uh, chiropractic was at the early age of two. Wow. Yeah. So we progressed from there to um, just throughout my childhood as I moved up, playing sports, had injuries, had chronic migraines in my teenage years, and just kept going back to the mm. chiropractor, getting some really cool results, getting relief where I couldn't get it elsewhere. And so probably about 16, 17 years old, I said, you know, this is probably something that I really want to do and just kind of hit the ground running, went, went straight from undergrad to graduate school um, and then went into private practice. So I've been a chiropractic patient since I was about 24, 25. All my kids have been treated for various things throughout the years. So uh, for any of you that are unfamiliar with chiropractic, it is a fantastic, really conservative approach to a lot of things that, you know, I, I you know, as you know, we have a lot of dentists, you know, and 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 I always tell them they forget that people are afraid of them, right? <laughs> you know, I you have the same thing that goes on in chiropractic, right? Anything that you don't understand, you know, it's kind of like people listening to this podcast. They're, you know, they've probably been listening for a long time, and they're, they're they want to. They want to think about how to grow their practice, but they don't, you know, they're, they're trying to check it out. So, um, you know, I'd highly encourage anyone who's not been to a chiropractor to, uh, to, to build that into your, uh, you know, your treatment protocols, right? It's really, a, you know, I saw, I saw people, you know, the guy I worked for years ago, RJ, you know, he, he did such a good job of like explaining 
that it's really the more conservative approach. And then going into surgeries and drugs is the more radical approach, certainly with a lot of side effects, right? Yeah, I think if you can talk about structure and function, most people understand the mechanics model, right? Your car's out of alignment, all the things yeah. that happen with that. Same thing happens with your body. So uh, it's most a, people get that. Yeah, I just want to take a minute to, you know, kind of remind people, you know, I think, you know, a lot of our, uh, you know, I know that, you know, you you do have a battle that goes on between medical doctors and chiropractic. And and um, so I just, I'm a big fan. So for whatever that's- Well, right. I think it's changing from my experience. It, it's changing. You're seeing a lot more of this integrated approach to care, you know, try conservative chiropractic yeah. PT and then kind of gear up as needed, you know, med management surgeries, et cetera. Definitely. Well, okay. So let's talk a little bit about your journey. So, um, and you know, let's, let's kind of go through the, so you go, you do this, you, you get a license. Where, where, where do you go? Right. You go to work for somebody. Initially I started out as an associate for a, a doctor just outside Nashville, Dr. Frank Batson. I was an associate oh. for him for about almost two years. And that's how my exposure occurred with you as we went to a, okay. a workshop. So, yeah, Frank was a, he was a long-term client, right? Before, before that super guy. So yeah. you were working with him. You came to something we did. You eventually went out on your own and. Yeah. Open, open up a bottom office in Crossville where, I, where my first office is. And for the first couple of years, you know, we grew, but uh, there was a lot of things that I learned. Actually, that, I remember that workbook, you know, that we had, uh, I pulled that out a lot and used a lot of it for just how to create my own processes and systems. Because when I left uh, Dr. Batson, he had just started implementing, I think he was just moving into platinum or you had just started platinum. It's, it's been, it's been a few years for okay. me. To think about. And so I was able to get some of that exposure and see the systems and processes. And so I naturally took, took a lot of those and, and implemented them to the best of my ability. But I always knew like there was more there that I needed to kind of, you know, scratch and sniff and figure out and, um, it took me a while. I mean, I, oh, I, I, I did that free call you, you, you have on your website. I did that three times. And by the third time I went, all right, I, I got to figure it. I got to, I got to go ahead and just give it up and let, let somebody else do it. I know it works Just go ahead and do it, you know? Uh, but it took three times knowing that I knew that it already worked, seeing it implemented in another office, but you know, you know, we're doctors. We think we, we know it all and can do it all. So. Well, I think that's really important. You know, people just keep making that same mistake. So what, what finally, caused you to and listen for all of you listening you know dr crawford is a really uh he's a pretty exceptional uh uh has a pretty exceptional ability to take information and put it into place and so you know obviously have you know a lot of clients right but not everybody has that so what what was the uh i mean you're really trusting your ability to to follow through so how long was that period from when you started your practice to when you you uh, actually joined with us. So, so 20, 2011 is when I, July 5th, 2011, I went on my own and it took okay. a, up to about 2016 or so for me to yeah. finally make that decision. But 2014, 2015 is when I played with those three phone yeah. calls. I did the phone call and okay, I need to go. This is what I need to implement. Here's the systems. Here's what I need to do. And then did that second phone call. Phone call got worse. I think she went down to one from a two. Um, and then I realized, okay, like the accountability structure, it's just too hard trying to manage patients, run a practice, and then also try to 
hold somebody accountable in a specific department, phone calls being specifically that. So by the third phone call, after I made all these changes, I thought, okay, we've got this, we've got the right recipe. And it was like a one or a two. And so mm -hmm. um, I just realized, okay, I got to do something else here. If we're going to continue to grow, which we were, but we weren't growing healthy, you know, it was just sporadic. Mm -hmm. It was inconsistent. And it, it came down to just scheduling. Right. And so I knew exactly what I needed to do. So I just said, okay, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Let's do it. Let's just, you know, give up. I'm trying to do it on my own, which is just how I am. I'm a go-getter. I get after it, you know? So that was kind of the structure we thought, well, let's go ahead and do the gold membership, the new patient mastery, have them come on site. Let's go ahead and put into place the, the softwares and the mechanics in which your company has in place to help hold uh, team members accountable and train them and incentivize them. And just it made things a lot easier on me. Uh, made them hungry. And that's when we, you know, went from two offices to three, you know, really quickly after that mm. smart growth. Well, it wasn't a, you know, out of necessity. It was because it was strategic. We had a good system in place and, and it felt right. It was much healthier than the second office that we opened. So. Yeah. So, okay. So let, let's, so tell me some of those key moments, like, cause in looking at the notes, like you come in as a gold member Pretty quickly, you know, a year later, you go into platinum. Uh, less than a year later, you end up in 5X. You know, now you're in the CEO group. So you've really uh, taken to the, the process and you've really developed a really tremendous culture, right? So uh, think of, uh, you You would probably, would you define it as East Tennessee where you are? Is that yeah, East I mean, we're kind of in the dead zone. We're literally right on the East Central timeline. So it, depending on who you ask, we're Eastern. Sometimes we're, we're Central. We consider ourselves the Upper Cumberland. So we right. there's about eight counties up here that we uh, that cover. So. so if you guys think about, you know, near Knoxville, um, if you're watching this video, obviously he's got his Tennessee t-shirt on. He's ready. He's ready for football, uh, you know. Well, um, we've got we've got a couple of team members that follow UT softball, and right now the women's softball team is rocking and rolling in the yeah. tournament. So, okay, we're all sporting right. that today. I'm over here in our offsite training center, which I never thought I'd have with my leadership team. You know, we're doing some strategic planning and all sorts of stuff. And today was Spirit Day, and they all came in with some UT gear, so supporting the, the softball girls. That's fantastic. So. Okay, so let's talk. Uh, so let's go through some of the the major things, right? So obviously, when you know when you start trying to help people uh, understand how to grow their business, there's a level of uh, submission that is required. You you were just describing it, right? You were saying, I finally reached a point. I was like, I got to just kind of let this go, and, and then you're also describing the that that's a that's a counterintuitive thing but that's what caused it to grow right so let's talk a little bit about this sort of learning things and it actually becoming easier versus this place when you're just grinding and grinding and grinding and no matter how how much pressure you apply to it it just really doesn't create growth right it's almost like it's a trap um so talk to me a little bit about the, you know, I, I think having a, a support system, right, is important. So tell me about the, how that worked with your wife. So in other words, how, how the process of 
you know, you deciding you were going to grow. And I know she's been to lots of events and she's a client now. And, but tell me a little bit about that. Like when, cause that's the first place where I think people, they, it creates a little tension when if you think about it, you know, you've got your, your team, you know, that you're working with, and then you got your family. And when people come to us and all of a sudden they want to grow their business, right? Those two groups, um, they don't always, you know, roll out the red carpet and, and they're not always excited for people. So talk me through a little bit about how that was for you, that journey of moving your team along this process. And then your yeah, I mean, you mentioned how I went from uh, new patient mastery training into gold and the platinum into five X. Now your, your CEO level, which is your highest level is, and it kind of happened pretty quickly, right? And I think what we realized is once we kind of let go and, and trusted the process and just implemented, and like you said, I, I'm good about, you just give me the playbook and I'll and I'll run the play. Uh, yeah. you know, play. Playing three sports, you know, that's a common thing for me is just give me the rules, let me know what I need to do, what I can't do and run with it. So when we went through gold and we really started mastering the ability to answer the phones and then the art of delegation kind of came in play for me to where I was able to just, let some things go and focus on others. And it allowed for us to continue to grow. But the platinum training for me was really good because I had a chance to sit down with the Sala brothers. At that time, I had two offices and we learned real quickly, though, though the platinum was great. And I had a lot that was helpful for me and it helped me with margin of time and money is that I needed help on handling multiple offices, multiple doctors, 20 something so staff and climbing. And so that's where I realized based on my conversation with the Sala brothers is to move into 5X where I still got the, the base foundation of platinum on trying to help me with those things, but really helped me accelerate on how to open and run a multi-office, uh, multi-doctor type of clinic setting. And so went into 5X, had great explosion, and through that process opened up four offices. And then as we moved into our 5X CEO this past, uh, about a year and a half ago, opened up the fifth location. And so it's allowed me to do a lot of things. Now I'm able to do more of running the business versus having to see patients, some like you mentioned, I'm mayor of Crossville, the town here where I live. I couldn't have done that without having the margin of time and the team in place. Um, you know, some people think, why are you a mayor? Well, that, that's what I don't, I don't golf. Uh, I enjoy the, the political arena. So that's fun for yeah. me. So I work out, spend time with my wife and dogs and, 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 and I'm involved in the community. So it's helped me do that. What I think is also kind of unique is that my wife is in healthcare too. She deals with children on the autism spectrum. It's it's a behavior analyst. And so she also opened up her business about the same time that I did. But she noticed that when I started getting involved with your group on a more, you know, consistent basis through the coaching, the platinum, the platinum program and beyond, um, you had some different events that you that you, I know you call them free events, but they were events tailored towards your 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 uh, your clients. Yeah. And you were able to bring your spouse. Well, a lot of times people that bring their spouse are bringing their spouse that's not involved in the practice or works in the practice. Mine had her own practice. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we had a lot of cool conversations. But what we found is, is that I would come back and kind of chew up what you had taught or what, what was taught by the coaches or what we got taught by the trainers. And then she would get frustrated because I was her husband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was not an independent voice. So um, my things like my tone weren't, weren't exact or my feelings weren't, you know, so we came real quickly to going, okay, this went from a very positive thing to where you need to probably do this on your own <laughs> independently of going through me. And so That's, she's a platinum member and she's done great. 
I think that's, yeah, that's a great observation, right? Because I think that's what people realize they're, when they start trying to tell their spouse or people what to do, sometimes they, they alienate them based on that approach and uh, it is a challenge, right? So, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, when, when you, you know, let's talk a little bit about your, you know, you're obviously very active in the chiropractic community. You've, I know, tried, you know, you've referred a lot of people to us. You've, you've brought them to the, you know, to the proverbial water fountain, you know, and, and, and it's funny to watch how they behave, isn't it? Uh, tell me what, what you notice about this, because this is kind of what this podcast is about. It's an opportunity for me to talk about most likely what, you know, not, not to be offensive to anybody, but, you know, like, uh, if you're, it, it was sort of like you're admitting that you were kind of like taking advantage of whatever free information was there. Mm-hmm. And then you have two worlds. There was sort of what you thought you were doing, like you had it figured out. And then when you start actually paying and you really commit, you realize there's a whole different thing. So, um, you know, what what do you notice among your peers as an example? I mean, do you see them playing that pattern out? Is that just... Yeah, I mean, you see that. I mean, I mean, you you mentioned that. I know you 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 have a lot of dentists in your program, but I, but I do know the chiropractors are are making a small gain. But this, but it's the same thing. All professions seem to be the same way. They want something for free and they expect amazing results. Hmm. I, I know what I ran into is that, and this is not being arrogant, but as a chiropractor, if I look at my numbers compared to the national numbers, and I'm and I'm you know this as well as yeah. I do, most of them struggle to collect you know, quarter of a million or half a million dollars a year, you know, that's considered a half a million dollar practice is considered, this is chiropractic terms, yep. you know, a million dollar plus is, 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 is where you have people that are considered thought leaders in our profession, you know, and I'm, and I'm all over 3 million. So for, you know, it, and there's plenty of offices that are bigger than mine, but I get a lot of people that reach out to me because I'm involved in, in the state and national organizations, because I have five locations that, you know, they, they turn to me, but I realized real quickly as they were trying to suck out all of the information that I had paid for. And then it started coming to where people would call me for this, that, and the other. And I just, something so, clicked. I don't know. I think maybe it was a conversation that we had or, or that you had brought up it just, it, about that. Um, because a lot of people that are your clients are thought leaders in their professions. I mean, you have dentists, orthodontists, yeah. you've ever, you know, you've, you've got PTs, you've got, you know, you've got all sorts of professions in there. And uh, most of us are more on the successful side. And that's not being critical of our professions. That's not being cocky. It's just look at the numbers. I was looking at what most chiropractors make per year. I mean, yeah. um, so I just felt like I needed to kind of open the doors to, to the, my successes and what helped me. And that was a lot of what you had done and your team had done. And so you know, I've talked to Flynn about this because he's helped me a lot in the past about getting people to, you know, to, to start a relationship with you all is that, you know, at the very basic level, give the new patient mastery gold uh, a try. And I think once you see the ROI in that, which I don't know of anybody of any profession, I've, hell, I've referred to, excuse my French, but I've referred a, a pest control guy, my good friend who owns advanced pest control. And he's, he's loving it. He's implementing trainings that are t- typically for clinical into his program, new patient mastery, new patient right. experience. Uh, and it's been very successful for him. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, you helped him make a really good deal. He was going to sell his, uh, his spray lawn company to true green 
for like a half a million. Well, he went to that, I brought him to that December event that we had in the aquarium. He sold it for 1.1 million. And if you remember that topic, you talk about how we would undersell ourselves in our, in our businesses. And I kept looking at him. I'm like, dude, so you, you pretty much made him a $600,000 plus above what he was going to sell it for. I mean, so you got him and he's trying to talk a lot of his friends in the profession. So who knows, you may start up a whole department on, <laughs> well, I mean, listen, control. I think, well, I think that makes the point and people need to remember this, that it doesn't matter what type of doctor you are. It doesn't even matter what kind of business you're in. There are, you know, what we're talking about is putting your focus on the customer and doing what's right with the customer. And when you do that, you almost can't stop it. But, you know, you, you, you really brought up the, the, the scale. So can we just, you know, I think a lot of times people think when you're going to grow the business that you're going to grow it and you're going to have more of what you currently have. Can you mm -hmm. talk about how that's really not true? I mean, you've said it, you had time to run and become the mayor of your town. You're active in other things, the scale, right? People initially are very scared of that. So my assumption is that you don't have to go in if you don't want to, right? Right. If you want I think, to. I think the thing though, two people gotta realize though is, is that is that anything that's gonna be done right is not gonna be handed to you. I think you taught about you, you teach principles, you help with concepts, you help with procedures, but the reality is what works for my office has got to be maybe one off or tweaked a little bit than maybe what may work for the guy next to me that's sitting at the same seminar. I mean, because be it where we are, location, you know, what our demographic is, size and scale of our company, what our goals are, you know, my goal is, is to be, uh, I do have an interest in being more involved in politics. And so if I can have a business that continues to grow without me having to put as much time in, uh, that's a win-win. But the reality is, is to get to that point, I had to put a lot of freaking time and effort. Yeah. Uh, and I, in, 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 in the, in my absence, I've got to make sure I've got people trained up to help me in that. And that's, what's great about the 5X CEO is I bring Lauren, my CFO, who's pretty much helping me run the company in my absence to where God forbid, knock on wood, if I'm never here, the business can still perpetuate, can still continue without me. That's kind of my ultimate goal. Do you, uh, when you think about your stress level or whatever we want to call it, if you go back to 2014, 2015, and you think about what, you know, what you were doing, what you were thinking about, mm. and you fast forward, you know, that's, you know, almost less than 10 years, you know, to like 2023, which kind of tell me, I mean, is it, how do you look at that, right? Well, it's a much larger, it's a bigger scale. I'm looking at, I would say higher processes now versus, you know, in 2014, 2015, I was worried about the books, looking at the schedule, looking at, you know, or, you know, get this person called in, that type of stuff. We have systems in place now that's taken care of. I'm more looking at, okay, when do we need to look at opening our next offices? How much money saved up? What's the CapEx expense going to be now versus the way it was four or five years ago? Because obviously costs are up. You know, who do we need to be looking at hiring to take care of this process since we're having so much so much this or X or Y. I mean, you know, we're looking at trying to bring on another assistant to help with HR just because now we're, you know, close to 40, 40 something people. And like I said, we're looking at doing a sixth office. Just, you know, you have to kind of make some changes, but we're looking at looking at higher processes now. I'm not so much worried about, you know, how many people are we getting in on the schedule today? 
uh, which was a total. That so was which, my do you, which, which do you like better? What you get to do today or what you were doing? Before? What I do now, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you're building something. I mean, my, you know, I'm a, I'm an implementer. So to me, it's, it's fun to see things grow and uh, it's cool to, to, as we grow, we're able to offer more because obviously more money comes in or productions go up. I can pay people more. I can offer more incentives. We're doing okay. a really cool uh, event coming up next month. And we're also going to be doing a really cool Christmas party. It's just, you know, things that I could never have done in 2014 or 2015, you know. Ready to ask questions? Call Jay's team today at 770-518-7575. How can you get connected with Jay's community of doctors who are growing their businesses? How can you become a better leader? How can you fix your energy problem? How do you create a winning culture in your practice? How do you become excited about the future? Are you curious? Call us today, 770-518-7575. Yeah, and, and, and I, you know, I, I think it's interesting and, you know, for people that are listening and, you know, a lot of times what people don't realize is that you know, they say that the first, you know, the sort of the first circle of confidence, if you think about it, is confidence in yourself. And, you know, so many people get trapped not realizing that, you know, listen, we, we know what we've done. When you get right outside of that line, we don't know anything, right? So yeah. it's pretty fascinating. And and I think, you know, your story tells that. It's like, you know, you, you, you have to experience it. And it's the combination of ideas and stimulus. And, you know, I know you've, you, you, you've come to a lot of meetings since you became a client and that's a lot of time away. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about why do you now see why it is so important to actually extract yourself from the physical environment and to, give yourself the opportunity now to 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 create new combinations of ideas right like when you stay in your environment when you're in the same office in the same house and you drive to work the same way every day and you know you take a week-long vacation at the beach or something i mean right the combination of ideas doesn't change yeah from for me when i when i take time off i always take a little journal and i always have a tendency to go into some of my more bigger visionary type of ideas. I'm not sure how it is for you, but it seems like when I get close to a beach, um, uh, my brain starts running in a good way, not a bad way, but just, you know, long-term, I'm always looking at, you know, what, what things look like 10 years from now, where I want them to be and write them down. And I think for me, you're right. You've got to have a moment to kind of reset and rest, but, but you and I are very similar in the sense of like, we're always thinking about something, uh, you know, and, and for me, it's, it's about how do, how do I set myself up? I love what I do. I love what I do. But I see people in my profession that are doing the same thing that they've done for the last 30 plus years. Like there's a bunch of chiros in town here that I've tried. They're in their 60s and they're doing what they did within their 30s. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. do that. I, um, you know, they're trying to sell their practice and they have nothing to buy because it's, it's, there's they're, they're just nothing to buy. They don't own their property. They, they see the same amount as they've seen before. There's no growth. I mean, it's just real hard for someone to come in or a bank to to, to finance something like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, just take those patients in the market. Right? Well, it's, that's kind of what we're doing because they're seeing less and they can't do as much because physically chiropractic is physical, man. I mean, you can't just yes. sit at a desk and work from home. You've got to get in there and move things. So 
uh, you know, they're having surgery. They had a guy that wants to, me to help him find one of my associates to cover his practice. And I'm like, uh, I mean, no, I don't know if we want to do that. <laughs> so, you know, it's just things like that. I mean, I, I love what I do, and I, but there's nobody that wants to work till they're dead. Yeah. If I do, it's because I want to, and it's for fun. You know what I mean? It's not because I have to, to survive, you know? Um, so, all right. So let's talk just a little bit about this uh, quality of the team. You know, I know um, you do you you do a lot of the things we teach. If it's annual kickoffs, doing team meetings, training your team, reflect on kind of the quality of that team and and how how you see and, and you know like in your own experience what it what it was like. So when we first started coming in and working with your team, was there? Was there resistance? Were they enthusiastic? What are some of the challenges you had? Yeah, it was hard to think back, but the first few trains we had, there was a lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I say now that they look forward to having uh, trainers in, but I remember initially when we did the first two trainings, they they were and, super resistant. And can you see that that was that you had never you had never activated that muscle for them, right? Well, and they heard, and they just, the other thing though, too, was, is that I think some of them had this weird idea that I was going to bring somebody in and, and, and replace them or, or, or suggest that they get fired. You know, they watch some, something on TV where they hear trainer or outside consultant and they're thinking, yeah. oh, they're going to come in and clean house. And, um, I think once they realized, Hey, there's some incentives, there's some pot, a lot more positives in, in this for me, uh, um, yeah. that changed real quickly. And I mean, Look, you, you, even when I came on board, you had been around a long time, so you've kind of perfected the training model, but your trainers do a good job on kind of breaking the ice and softening the blow a little bit. I mean, I kind of bungled it. I just said, hey, we're doing this because I'm one of those guys. Let's get in. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, probably didn't set it up as well. You know, um, even now, even though they know they're coming, we still set it up. We still make it a positive experience. We have a really cool lunch. We bring in icy trucks. We make it real fun so that it removes any of the barriers that maybe in the past, I would just say, Hey, we got a trainer coming in next week, get ready. You know, I mean, you know, you know, we just, there's a lot of bungling that I think that goes on the first few times that you bring a trainer yeah. in. Um, I know you guys have offset that, you know, are aware of that, but back in 20, you know, 2016, I bungled it a little bit. So that didn't probably help. Well, listen, it, I, I think it's, well, it's normal and natural, right? I mean, what, what tends to happen is, you know, it's about the consistency, right? Yeah. Now you've done this for several years, you know, I think a lot of people, um, I mean, view statistically, and I think you probably see this with people you talk to. I mean, they're basically doing no training, right? Right. Zero. I mean, That's, they're pretty much learning, teaching them on the job. There's no onboarding process. Yes. Um, it's bait per hour. This is what you make. You cut your clock in. Everybody comes at the same time, leaves at the same time. There's no extra incentives. You know, it's... Yeah. That's for the chiropractic profession. You know, that it's just, you just come in and you work and you go home. But you make free care for your family. That's about it. But describe to me that that well, what are some of the differences in the team you have today versus the team you had before you really spent some, you know, invested? So, in you know, I think a lot of it's what we've created loyalty, um, which is huge. Uh, you know, we we talk about in our core values, you know, families in our name. We try to make it a family you know, type of environment, even though we're spread across five different towns. You know, mm -hmm. we come together every month and um, 
layer that with trainings, both on-site and off-site. But I think what it, what's really cool is, is that you have a lot of them that become really, really good friends. And I think that's important. That necessarily doesn't have to happen, but I think that's a good indicator that you're doing everything you possibly can to create a fertile environment for, you know, people that can work together as a team. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Just like anyone else, since COVID, we've had turnover that we've never had before, but it's crazy. You know, it's like one of the anticipating factors that you mentioned was that we needed to be prepared for that. And I thought, well, I only lost two or three people before COVID. We'll be one of those offices that doesn't get affected. So luckily we still implemented the things that you recommended, but you know, even the people like the other day we lost somebody and she was so upset and distraught because she didn't want to leave. It just happened to be the circumstances we just couldn't compete with. But all in all, when someone gets that upset about leaving your office, that tells you you've got a great culture because there's, you know, they're, they're not leaving because they absolutely have to. And I, that's, that's my viewpoint. I mean, we are still overcoming issues with, uh, with turnover, but I tell you what, being mayor, I've had a chance to go into six different companies and, and they're having the same issues, but they're having a hard time getting people. We're literally getting people immediately to fill that because of the systems that we talked that you talked about in regards to always be hiring, have dates set, um, you know, have somebody that's in charge of it. And so, you know, I hate to lose people, but we do. And then we get them replaced, which a lot of offices and companies are struggling to fix yeah. that part. So. Well, a lot of people, you know, it's interesting, you know, it's, I think the key is anticipating what's going to happen. And, you know, when you think back about all the work we've done in culture over the last six years mm-hmm. had such a big impact to getting people through, through COVID. And then, you know, what I love is what you said, like a lot of my clients, just, they're still, they're not heeding the advice that you really do have to recruit aggressively and, you know, you have to learn it. And I think, you know, the, the, the big thing about misinterpreting some of this stuff is making this stuff more sensational, you know? So for Mm -hmm. instance, sometimes it's as easy as going, wow, you know, if I just had two doctors and two hygienists, or I had two chiropractors or two front desk people or a therapist, I mean, depending on the profession, I mean, and, and then that solves the problem. And and the only issue is the people just don't know how to be, how to, how to be attractive, you know, in, in that, in that environment. Um, well, and, th- and just to speak on that, I mean, one of the things that I, that I've really been able to, to get a lot of success from, from you personally is you are kind of, in my opinion, you're ahead of a lot of the trends. Like, so some of the things that you say, most of the things you say that are going to happen end up happening. And, and if the, the clients would just go ahead and just embrace it and be prepared for it. Um, a lot of these things that have happened to anybody would not, would not happen. Like, for example, if we would have gone, gone a little bit quicker and implemented some of those procedures you mentioned, we would have probably been, we were still on the front end of the, we would have been up front. You know, we would have, yeah. I pretty much had to, tell my leadership team for your guys as trainers uh, guidance to say, look, we got to be a little bit more nimble with this. We can't take three weeks to bring somebody on board. Like let's get them yeah. in here now. Um, and so we have new patient experience training and they work through that with us. And so it's just, it's things like that, that you just, we all have blind spots. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes we just have mental fatigue, right? I mean, we just, you know, we're not perfect. And I, I, it's nice to have people from the outside that can give you some, some ideas that can check your blind spots and, and work through something that after you go after it, you're like, man, why didn't I not know this? But it's just sometimes you just got to have someone else come in and be a little more creative minded and, and take care of that. So, um, well, you know, it's funny you say that because I was uh, I was at the beach the last three or four days and, you know, I I go down, set myself up, um, 
take a bunch of paper down there and 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 whenever I can, I'll do it by myself, right? Because I don't want, you know, I don't want to sit there and talk to people. So I sort of set this up and I'll, it's one of the great spots. And I was working through some things, you know, we're, re, we're probably going to rename our company and, you know, we have a lot of these things going on and, you know, it was funny. And one of the major things that just became very clear to me was how, you know, if, if a customer comes to us and, you know, they have a $1 million practice and, and and I was thinking a lot about, you know, they come and they sort of want to talk about, you know, what do you want to do? And it's really interesting. I've sort of decided that I want to quit talking about the methodology because they overanalyze the methodology and then they never do anything. And it's like, man, if you had a million dollar practice and you wanted to get to be two million, I know exactly what you need to do. And and the truth is somebody should say, hey, Jay, just tell me what to do. And and, and 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 it's weird because they think about it, their opinion's almost irrelevant. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> I right. mean, like, because it's like they've never done it, right? So I think, you know, I do think that a lot of people think that, you know, they fear changing philosophy. And, you know, that's just something that, you know, we don't do, right? We're not changing philosophy. I mean, and, and if we do it all, it's, for the better, right? I mean, you talk about doubling down on taking care of your team and doubling down on taking care of your patients. I don't, I've always been kind of weirded out by somebody thinking that there was something wrong with that, right? Formulaically. Yeah. Well, I know for me, it was just getting right with the money. You know, I've come from a middle-class kid from Ohio and, you know, my parents were always had that scarcity mindset. So, you know, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, if you have that scarcity mindset, you are seriously self-limiting yourself. And so, for me, it was having to overcome that, but, you know, proof through numbers, proof through edification. I mean, I was able to step in and I think that's a lot of what Platinum and 5X also helped me about is like, hey, if the formula works, you put the units here and the units will pop out here, right? So a lot of that units is money, right? You put the money in the marketing and you and you do the formula that should be this. If you do this for CapEx, whatever, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, investing whatever instead of being more concerned about it being an expense I mean some of these things seem so simple but for me you know playing being a catcher being a wrestler being a defensive end being like what I realize is like as a as a as a player it's just being you know if you want to make a change you got to do the thing repetitively 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 until you own it uh, until you buy into it right you just and so what's great about coaching with you is that I think some people think that there's always got to be this new greatest and latest idea. The reality is you could say the same thing every single year. And because it's a different part of my life and what's going on in my business and my life, it hits me differently. Um, I see that really with Lauren, you know, she's getting exposed to some of the principles that I've been exposed to. And it's like, you know what, the reality is I don't need anything new. I just need to be hitting it and hitting it and doing it again and doing it again and being reminded. And, you know, and uh, because it's, you know, whatever, whatever principle can be applied differently at different times in your life, depending on what's going on. Right. So. Well, I think, I think humans, you know, that the idea of some new, listen, and I think we, we, first of all, there has to be new combinations of ideas and there has to be uh, levels of execution. Right. I mean, because, you know, if you look at, you, know, you can take a you can take one thing and you can watch two people do it and one does it completely wrong and one does it you know incredibly so uh, I think I think what you're saying is really smart and I think a lot of people don't realize this that you know they they really think they're doing everything 
they can and really they're doing very little you know and it's a shame um and and i think the only way to really sort of understand that well, i was going to go back to the money you know you talked about that so um there's a lot of theories uh you know there's biblical uh precedents on this that that money reveals pretty much everything right so let's talk about that so most people uh they don't know how so for instance the stories in the bible talk about how money is supposed to multiply right mm -hmm. so if i have a dollar and i and i bury the you know if i just waste the dollar okay that's not good if i bury it under the mattress that's also not good and that that is supposed to circulate and and things are supposed to happen and that dollar can make another dollar and another dollar and that's a you know to your point that's not really how if you're raised in a middle-class family, you're really never taught that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you're, you're taught on the first two. You're not taught how to multiply it. Yeah. You know, spend it or save it up. That's it. I mean, yeah. scroll it away and never use it until you're retired, that type of approach. Well, I do think as a business owner, you know, and it's so interesting how, you know, when people say they don't have any money, that usually, by the way, means that you've made a lots of decisions that the money never multiplied and when you start to make decisions to multiply the money you know it it's like a magic trick um but there's really a science to it so i think that's a that's a big piece of this and i i think also people don't want to be honest about money you know we have a lot of people come to us uh, our day and they they present as if there's a level of prosperity. And really behind that, I think sometimes they're embarrassed about the amount of debt they have or the the the, the lack of prosperity, right? I think the worst thing you could do uh, if, if they decide to move forward is, is, is being not being transparent with you and your team. Yeah. Um, you know, I know for me, you know, that was the best thing I did from right out of the get-go is I raised my hand and say I needed help. I had grown my practice, but my margin was getting smaller. My my time was, you know, turning from, you know, to full pretty much every day of the week, including Saturdays and Sundays, that my business was consuming me. And I'm like, okay, great. I've done a million dollar practice, but I've got no life. You know, my relationship with my wife feels more like a roommate. You know, it just things weren't good, even though I had quote unquote hit the million dollar mark. And for chiropractors, it may not seem like that much for dentists, but chiropractors, that's a big practice. Um, yeah. But that's when I pretty much, honestly, that's when I said, okay, it's time to, to hand over the reins or at least try it. I got nothing to lose, right? Uh, yeah. I, needed to, I needed to create some more time in my life. And so, you know, those, those, that in itself was enough of an ROI, but what went into it though was the growth that happened without having to spend more time. And that's when I was like, all right, however much money, if I can give this amount of money and that gets my time back, plus it continues to grow and make me more money. Why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. You know? so. It's counterintuitive though. So any other, oh, yeah. any other sort of major thoughts about, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, well, I don't know, you know, any, um, so you so, mentioned earlier before we talked about the money and it kind of caught me and I wrote it down here and I think it's, I hear it in so many different ways, but it's the same, it's the same idea. I'm doing everything I can and things are just, this is the most of I can do. I can't, the reality is most of us have blind spots, right? Most of us don't know what we don't know. And I was one of them and I still am. I'm, I still believe that I can learn more. Well, uh, I think that's what's part about being, being a part of the group that I am is as much as 
talking shop in between, you know, our training, but is that doctors or owners, they have this pride concept where they, where they are is the best that they can be. And that's so untrue. And, you know, I can just like what I've kind of learned from you is I can ask a couple of questions and break people down. And most of the time, and it's a true statement regardless, is that they can do more. They're not doing enough. They're working, they're working harder, not smarter. And those yeah. are these core concepts that I feel like you and your team can help with. And it's very easy. Some of the people can be fixed relatively quick. Some, it depends on if they're willing to play ball or not. But if someone's willing to allow your team to come in and take a quick look at their business, they can find some easy ways for practice owners to make some quick fixes on top of if they're wanting to be involved with you all for long-term to make some long-term strategies that will set them up. I mean, I, I'm at 130% growth since I've been involved with you. That's awesome. Um, that's unheard of for some people. Yeah. I mean, um, what, what I made in 2016 per month versus what I make now per month, I, I never thought I could possibly do. That's um, awesome. Most, you know, it's been fun to watch you and, and certainly, um, you know, see you just continue to move forward. Right. And despite whatever, you know, gets in front of you and then to be able to also have the time to do what you're really passionate about is even, that's the part that excites me a lot, you know, is figuring out those, those things that somebody really wants to do. Right. Yeah. How is I, mean, I love being a chiropractor, but you know, there's 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 stuff that you want to do above and beyond just you know uh, adjusting everybody every single day of the week. So, you know, to... so in our last few minutes, let's talk about that. How is it being mayor? So, what's that been like? Well, it's been good. You know, I think what's interesting is you know having a business owner, someone who's in a growth mindset, in that position where historically in small towns, the mayor just wants to save money and not spend money. I'm, you know, we're looking at making some massive increases in infrastructure investments. You know, we've got a lot of money saved up. I want to make sure that we're using that wisely. We're looking at a, a rec center. We're looking at, we've got three developments on the hook. So we're going to be expanding some roads and some things that help, uh, help open that up for them. And um, we've got Bucky's here, which if you know anything about Bucky's, that's, yeah. that's increased our sales tax revenue through the roof, but that was a partnership between myself and the uh, our speaker and, and 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 the business owner there. So I think for them they're 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 they don't know how to take me yet because they're not used to that type of mentality, but I think they're buying in when they see their sales tax revenues go up without having to increase, you know, property taxes and things like that. So um, right now it's good, it's fun, but you know you can't make everybody happy. I think Nick Saban said it right. You want to make uh, everybody happy, sell ice cream. I'm learning real quickly what he means by that you, you you can't make everybody happy in politics but i'm loving it and uh it's fun uh, and it gives me something to do so that's fantastic yeah that's a, well it's a funny it's a fun social experiment for sure right just yeah. to see the different yeah dealing with patients every day dealing with with uh constituents it, it's it set me up to deal with that because you can't make everybody happy in your practice either so <laughs> yeah god i'd love to uh, i'd love to uh, it's being a fly on the wall, right? Everyone's got a good idea. Huh? You know, it's funny. And how many of those ideas are just completely self-serving, basically? Right, right. Or they're just, they're ignorant to the facts that exist. They don't realize they hear something on social media, which is, I've realized real quickly, is not the real world. People need to understand Twitter and Facebook is not the real world. Uh, have conversations face-to-face, -face, things change. But it's allowed me opportunities, though. I've got a chance to meet with French billionaires and People that own massive, massive companies that I've able to uh, help them and they sit down and have lunch and I can 
I've got a little journal where I just ask questions on how they got started. So it's a way for me to pull from uh, that. And I would think it's probably good for business too, right? Oh yeah. More people. I mean, we're the biggest guys in town. And like I said, most of them were kind of on the, the backside of their career. So they don't want to take new patients where we're looking at trying to find ways to expand uh, even in our quote unquote, small little town here. So room it. for growth, any, 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 as big as you want to get any size office, any size town can exist. So don't, don't limit yourself. That would probably be the last thing I'd tell people. Don't self-limit. So many doctors and owners of, of anything, businesses, they self-limit themselves saying, oh, we can't do more than that. There's not enough people. There's not enough money. You know, the scarcity mindset, that took me a while to overcome. It's easy for me to say now, but, you know, uh, yeah. when I first started, I was in the same boat as they were, you know. So. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, keep keep up the great work. Thanks for taking a few minutes and hopping on with us and appreciate your your wisdom and just sharing some of those experiences. So, well, thanks right. to you, buddy. I appreciate it. Look forward to working right. with you for a long time. Dr. Crawford. All right, buddy. See you. Right. Thanks. Make your money multiply for your private practice instead of stagnating. Learn smart strategies from Jay Geyer, an expert on financial mastery. With the right tips and tricks, you can make your money work harder for you so you get to work less. Jay's teaching will open your eyes to new possibilities for your finances. From simple investments to smart saving hacks, he'll show you multiple ways to make your dollars grow for your private practice. The secret is consistency and discipline, applying small changes over time that add up to big results. Whether you have a little or a lot to invest, Jay tailors his advice for any budget. Call us today to learn how we can help. 770 518 7575